welcome back to the Frugal Flautist. We're uh, in minute 58 here of our show this week. I've been working with my uh, volunteer student, uh, Ned Nedley. Uh, we're making some good progress. Uh, Ned, how are you feeling about your, your, your flouting? Dirk, I'm a little confused about the process a little bit because I, um, I, I, I mean, if I was supposed to bring my own, Oh no no no! It's a, if you had happen to have a couple, that'd be nice. We we are we are dealing with a uh, a budget issue, hence the name of the show. Yeah, you know, we're trying to embrace the idea of frugal flouting. Uh, unfortunately, the the main implication of that is that we we don't actually have any flutes. Uh, but I feel like we're making good progress with with finger position. Dirk, I, I mean, like I f- uh, we're just. <laughs> I get that I'm trying to learn the fundamentals from you, but I feel like I'm just wiggling fingers in the air and whistling tunelessly. Well, you know, that is that that is what Daniel-san thought for much of Karate Kid, and we remember how well that worked out for him. So let's, let's, not, let's not be uh, uh, of poor faith. Now, I, I want to go over uh, your, 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 your embouchure uh, exercises uh, once more. Uh, get into get into finger position again. Okay. with me here. I really don't like remember. I just like to the, hear a nice steady tone, a nice steady happening uh, like this. Uh, uh, a nice steady uh, movement of air across the mouthpiece here. So this. I see your lips. Your lips uh, not tight enough. You need you need a much a firmer embouchure. Really rest your lip on the mouthpiece of the flute uh, and 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 and. Since the I can't it's I can't really Dirk, I really can't like rest Can't can't isn't the, really a word we like to use on the frugal flatters. Uh, I'm hearing I'm I'm hearing won't. Yeah, that's yeah, we, we we we've got some work to do still. Uh I don't think you've seen the karate kid. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Next week what we'll do, we're going to uh we'll we'll, we'll bring some wooden dowels and we'll We'll see if we can. Uh, I, I saw some in a dumpster. I, I, I believe they'll still be there. They were uh, not too mussed up. I don't uh, do. Do I have to put my lips on the thing from the? Oh, absolutely. Have to. You should want to. If you're okay. not, if you're not serious about the flute, the flute will not be serious. Dirk, about I'm serious you. about the flute. I, I, I'm sorry that this feels like a, 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 a schism between us, but it, I just it's, no, I, it's I, not what I expected. Ned, I understand. It's this. Okay. This is this is a crisis of faith. What I like to call a crisis of flute. You know, and we'll we'll, we'll process it next week. We'll, we'll 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 dig into this. We'll we'll really spend some solid dowel time exploring. Uh, the space in 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 your psyche, the, the the hole where your flute enthusiasm, your flute enthusiasm should be. Uh, but that's all the time we have for now. Uh, next up is the crapshoot. Uh, in the meantime, keep blowing. Crapshoot, 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 crapshoot. Welcome to Crapshoot, episode 16, the episode after the very, very long one with uh, Matthew Bogart, which uh, was fun, but it was also very long. We'll try and not go literally two and three quarters hours this time. I am Josh Millard, as I always am, because the world is unchanging. Also, I'm recovering from a cold, and there may still be a little bit of cold medicine lingering in my bloodstream. With me, as always, is Jesse Holden. That's his name. That's his name. (laughs) How you doing? Jesse? We're getting real good at this. I'm doing great, Josh. It's episode 16. We've almost got each other's names down. Uh, 
Episode number being the first thing I wanted to get out of the way. Right. Number one. Number one. First thing I want to say is uh, last episode I called you out for not saying the episode number at the beginning of the show. And you clearly unambiguously did. And I owe you the as big of an apology as, it appro- as is appropriate for something like that. I hate that. I hate being wrong about something like that. <laughs> and the best part is you would you would normally consider the possibility that someone might have edited something in. But I think I've established at this point that that is not going to happen. Not even to win an argument by proxy after the fact through deception. Am I going to sit down and listen to the podcast so I can find an edit point to uh, That's you know, true. Do if you listen post? to the last podcast, which we basically just finished recording... <laughs> <laughs> Although I plan on being finished listening to it sometime next month, um, you you know that if we were going to edit anything, we would have edited yes. that. So, that, is, that is when we would. So have done that's it. our proof. The proof is in the pudding on yep. that one. This that you're getting it uh, from shot from the hip, straight off the cuff, from the horse's mouth, from our lips to your ears. Yes, this is how stupid we actually are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, yeah. Still, it was uh, it was a nice time. That 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 yeah, not Bogart to... fellow seemed. Uh... <laughs> He's great. Yeah, I you really know, loved. It, it, I really no, loved it's really yeah. It. We we in a in a more uh, responsible universe, maybe uh, just a more consistent time running universe, we would have edited it just to not have it be two hours and thirty nine minutes. Um, but the content was good. It was just. Uh, Maybe it could have been a double episode in a more traditional framing, something like that. But planning, thinking, these things have not really been a major part of, uh, of you know what the basically da- my ability to produce a podcast <laughs> lately. <laughs> what The Daily Show does is they just like sh- – like if they have an interview that they know is going to run long – and I mean, I've only seen this once or twice. I actually don't keep up on the Daily Show as much as I probably would like to. But um, they'll just do the they'll show the beginning, and then they'll say, "Hey, the rest is online." Yes. So like they, they, the audience has an expected amount of time investment going into it. But also, you know, but they've also just they've, they've just playing got a time slot as part of it. I mean, I, I think it's great that they are embracing their ability to do that because it's like, hey, there is no reason we can't just run extra content on the web. But to some extent, the only reason they even have to do it at all is because they're working within. You know, a time slot concept where they can't go over. They right. literally, you know, someone else's programming is going to happen. They've got to fit it in, uh, you know, the half hour or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, and it wouldn't make any sense to do an equivalent thing with a podcast. Yeah, with a podcast, that's the thing. It's like, you know, if we run We're long. We're already on the internet. Yeah, it's like you're going to download. Can, you can download. I, I mean, the not, not, not to just. stuff we could just air on the radio. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to be dismissive uh, or, or discounting the potential preferences of a listening audience who like want some consistency. But it that's more of a preferential. Oh, you know, well, an hour is a pretty good time for me. Rather than no, no, you don't understand. There's another podcast on in an hour. You guys have to finish up. You know, it's like it, there's not that there's not that external constraint on it. Although it's um, funny because that's kind of the the underlying joke of how we introduce every episode though <laughs> i brought um and i think this is the first time i brought in ninkasi if i'm saying that right i think so uh, yeah. ninkasi brewing company beer uh spring rain r-e-i-g-n rain american pale ale uh the season's eventually gradually slowly starting to turn in portland and yeah no, it's been real springy. it's been real nice the last uh couple days uh, which was great for being sick for. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, oh, it's beautiful out. How about I stay inside and die? How about I just lay here and, you know, wither into a husk? 
under mm-hmm. a pile of crumpled Kleenexes. Although you do get to just like spring, you get to rocket off the starting line once you start to feel better yeah, because you yeah. get the, the, the one, two punch of that huge burst of energy when you start to get, feel better from a sickness, which is, as I was telling you before, I, I, I usually use to doom myself. <laughs> I get, I get too much energy and I decide to go out and catch up with friends and have some drinks. And then the next day I'm right back where I started. Um, and the other being, you know, seeing the sun for the first time in nine months, uh, being from Portland, once you see that sun and you're just like, oh my God, this is what's been wrong for the last nine months. I suddenly, <laughs> now I know. Um, I get, I get really excited in both directions when the season changed. Like, like I, I like, I like when spring comes on cause it feels nice, but I also really like it when the, like when the rain really sets in in the fall. Yeah. Like I'm, I really like that about Portland. It's some core emo part of my brain that, you know, has always got some traction and, and I kind of get sick of both by the the tail end of them which is probably part of why the change is so exciting but every time the season changes i love it like when it when it's been dry and it starts raining i just love it when it's if it starts snowing i love it like any change is good like that um uh i just laughed when you said excited out both ends because i don't think (laughs) i don't know exactly what that would mean it just sounded like something that i don't want to picture somehow (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I get really excited. <laughs> it's, it's clear. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, I also, for some reason, I, I I went to the store yesterday to grab some beer from my house, and um, it was so nice outside, and it was sunny, and I was oh, walking to, to the a store. store. Or I thought you said I went to Astoria yesterday to buy some beer. I was like, that is a it's the only place to get that's it. That's a good brewery. <laughs> no, it's just Coors. I just, you know, it's the only place to get it, though. <laughs> but they sell the they, good stuff. Yeah, they've got this. They've got this one freezer that they keep a couple. T- you know. Couple temperatures, yeah, shorter. So, <laughs> two temperatures, yeah, two exactly two temperatures shorter. Uh, One beer, two yeah, temperatures. I <laughs> but I, 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 I was in such a good mood that I just bought the beer I was going to buy in cans. I bought it in bottles, and then I'm walking home. I'm like, "What does that have to do with?" It? I don't know why. I just thought that was the right thing to do, but for some reason, bottles felt summerier. Do bottles feel summerier to you than cans? No, no, no. Do do cans feel summerier than bottles? No. Okay. I guess just me. Uh, What's yeah. it called when you can like that that you, your senses overlap a little synesthesia? bit? Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Yeah. It was some weird yeah. like. Yeah. No. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not questioning me. the validity of that sort of association. I just don't. No, have I it. am. Uh, my association with bottles versus cans is mostly uh, a lingering snobbishness that I've, I'm pretty much over. At this point, but it was sort of a thing, I think part of like starting to pay attention to beer and paying attention to beer in a Portland beer culture, you know, and the idea of bottled beer tending to be how you got your craft beers delivered versus cans was pretty universally macro brew stuff. And so like, you know, can was kind of a shitty beer, uh, bottle was a better beer, uh, and, and that association carrying along with me also being sort of like preferring to explore you know craft beers and so valuing them and i've gotten to the point at this point where i kind of i i think if you want to talk about the craft of beer making yes like almost any craft beer uh is going to be a more interesting and more worthy aesthetic product than a major macro brew but at the same time i don't really have a problem anymore with like you know bud miller coors pabst i've had a lot of tall boys of pabst uh, you know, the first time I joined a band that sort of ended that argument. It was like, you know what? <laughs> that beer is a dollar and 25 cents. 
I'm going to drink three of them tonight. I think that's that's the beer that I like now. You know, it's, it's you, you kind of get on board with it. But I, th- what, what this all comes down to is a turning point where I actually stopped and thought about the first time I really examined my sort of affected snobbery about this was I was up in Montana at uh, my uh, bio father's side of the family has a cabin up there mm-hmm. uh, in uh, northwestern Montana. And uh, I was up there visiting with him and he was doing sort of a bluegrass uh, shindig he was has a get together every once in a while and so i was up there for that and hanging around and playing my banjo amateurishly and playing my guitar slightly less amateurishly and uh having a good time and you know you, you would sit around and like play bluegrass music for you know 12 hours out of the day you know stay up till 2 a.m go to bed get up at eight or nine drink bloody mary's and sort of get back into it um and and so i was sitting around and 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 one of the guys up there uh, was just like, you know, anybody need a beer? I was like, yeah, you know, please. And he's like, okay, what do you want? I was like, anything in a bottle. He's like, I only got <laughs> stuff in cans. I was like, anything in a can. And right then I was like, that was kind of a weird dick-ass thing to say. Do I, am I really going to be like, well, I don't know. I'll have a beer if you have anything that's good enough for me, but none of it. And yeah, yeah, it could be, to, I guess, taken that way. Uncharitable. I, 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 yeah, and I may be like really, really overthinking it, but at the time I definitely had a sense of I was projecting something that in retrospect came off poorly to me, and then I stopped and sort of realized that what I was kind of saying was like, yeah, if you have some good beers. Like, it's definitely what yeah, I was thinking. Whether true, or not it came right. off that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was a whole that. bundle of weird nerves uh, in that social context anyway. Mm. So, you know, I'm sure I overthought some of it. But, but yeah, I really felt like I landed that weird. And then I was like, what is my fucking problem? We're literally going to play bluegrass for another four hours in the middle of the night. Uh, maybe I should just drink whatever beer is there because it's not like <laughs> I even paid for it. Yes, I would like a beer. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. It's, so, it's something to say when someone asks you that question. I yeah. guess. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would have taken offense to it, um, being in the other person's shoes. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I mean, bottles and cans are different, though, and it's not just the types of beers that tend to come in them, but that the the glass imparts less flavor onto the beer than. Oh know, sure, yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to dismiss any difference in them as as actual beer containers sure. or, or, or delivery systems for a flavor. Cause yeah, you have that sort of distinction and, 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 and there's a whole feel to it. And there's a whole, you know, even what you fiddle with, like above and beyond, like, you know, the flavor sensation or, or, or whatnot, you know, like, you know, do you want to peel a label absentmindedly or do you want to, you know, Pop crink in yeah. thing off? Yeah. So. Sort of. Sure. All these little tactile things about it, but but speaking of Paps, I mean, when I started drinking more and more varied beers, I I uh, I started drinking more beers out of bottles, you know, as one does. And when I had Paps in a bottle, I just didn't like it at all. I realized that part of the flavor I was acclimated to and enjoyed was just the aluminum yeah. part of the past. I mean, yeah, that, it's that, not that, that extra little it's bit. It's not of a real a, flavorful beer in any situation, yeah. but without the little bit of aluminum tinge, it's just like nothing. So yeah. yeah. And it's, I, you know, I don't know. I still bought it. It's still what I bought yesterday in the bottle. It was Pabst, um, of one of two things I got, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 I'm uh, less hung up on it than I used to be for sure. Um, that's funny. I don't. I don't know if that. I, uh, I'm sure we've talked about you going to Montana, but I, you know, I spent um, a summer in a cabin in Montana. I was helping a friend build a house. It was me and two guys, 
one of whom uh, his parents kind of had contracted us 18, 19 year old kids to just build their house under the direction of a guy. <laughs> Always a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> It was on a steep, steep cliff, like hill too, like really steep, like too steep to drive a truck up. So, um, but that's what we put their house on. Were there some very large life insurance policies also involved in this plan? You would, if you walked up to the work site, you that would be the first thing you would think. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot, you know, and we were of course skirting every like regulation. Um, This was totally being done under the radar. But yeah, I mean, the house was steep enough that it's a small. The footprint of the house was very small. Um, it was just, it was like a little cabin for his mom to live in. And, um, but even so the back of it was like dug into the hill and the front of it was 13 or 14 feet off the ground. And that's, that was the steepness of the hill underneath that, that was the, um, variance. So it was pretty, yeah. Um, I forget where I was going with that. Oh yeah. Montana. Yeah. Montana. So one of the guys, um, one of the guys I was out there with, uh, David, I, I think it was last year, I, uh, an, a, an event popped up on my calendar on my computer, and it was like um, five years since Bet with David or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't remember any Bet with David. And I clicked on it, and in the notes field, whenever, I guess five years ago when I had made it, uh, I had put in the notes... Uh, David bet me that within five years I would have a kid by this date. And <laughs> the terms of the bet are, uh, if he's right and I have a kid, I give him $50. And if I'm right and I don't have a kid, he has to wear a t-shirt that I make for an entire day. And so I called up David and I was like, do you remember this bet? And he's like, no, I don't remember that bet. Do you? And I was like, no, I don't either, but I'm pretty sure we made it. And he's like, it sounds like some shit we would do, I guess, right? And I'm like, it, it was because it, was, it, it had just popped up on my calendar, so it was like about a week before it happened. <laughs> and I'm like, so 50 bucks is nothing to sneeze at, and you know I would be good for it if I had a kid at this point. And he's like, yeah, no, you got me. I mean... I mean, you know, you might have a kid somewhere and not realize it or something. Like, no, no, I would tell you. <laughs> so I got I got one glorious week out of that of uh, mocking up T-shirts and emailing them to him threateningly. <laughs> and one of them was, you know, ask me about the summer I spent in a Montana cabin with two men. <laughs> um. I'm trying to remember some of the others. Well, some of them were just like dumb, scatological, just like too too far to really be that funny. I guess like I I don't know. I mean, a, a T-shirt that said like, "Look, there's hypothetic, there's theoretically a lot of ways a guy could get jizz in his hair." Okay, <laughs> it's just stuff like that. <laughs> Um, the one I think technically I, though that's not scatological. <laughs> no, no, right. That was an example of scatological. In fact, I think it was almost all jizz too. I don't even know what the word for that is. But um, uh, the one that I think scared him the most was um, "R.I.P. Osama bin Laden." Only the good die young. In quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Seminary um, humor, by the way. Yes, that's yes. For yes. sure it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Cause can you come up with any on the spot? I'm, while I'm trying to think if there was any what, other good ones, jizz related. No, they shirts? don't have to be jizz related. Oh, the just, good just news bad is, bad shirts any, to wear. Just something that would be see this is this that is, you that would be worth fifty dollars to you to make someone else wear. And it's not something that you want to actually get them killed or beaten up over, but something that they would be a little afraid to leave the house, but they know see, they have to because it's a tricky you line give to them walk. The $50. Yeah. Um. Because, like, yeah, I mean, if, 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 if you want to just, like, you know, go to the wall, put something like, you know, I fucked your mother. Right. And she liked it. You know, and, and that, but that's that's asking to get or, a punch in the face from someone. Yeah. Um, Maybe. I don't know if anyone would take it personally enough. If it was on well, a shirt. I, I, feel like, I feel like if you are around and about some random person. Maybe. You know, out of out of a thousand people, some person is going to have a combination of rage issues and mother <laughs> issues, right. and who the fuck do you think you are wearing something <laughs> like that issues, and that's just going to coalesce into a scene that it might not actually lead to a punch in the face, but it may lead into a very weird, awkward, avoiding a punch in the face sort of situation. Because honestly, someone walks up to you and says, "What's the fucking deal with that shirt?" Mm. What do you say? Oh, I lost a bet from five years ago. I mean, yeah, I think that's say, what he yeah. would say. In fact, I almost wanted to make it a deal with him that he wasn't allowed to say why he was wearing the shirt because I felt like it was too easy and out. <laughs> Especially if it was a real, like, offensively extravagant in some way. Well, but there's a real way to work around that: is you put the uh, offensive thing on it, and then underneath that, in a slightly smaller font, it says, "And don't believe me if I say it was a bet. <laughs> that's bullshit. I really mean it." <laughs> I'm wearing this shirt of my own free will, but, but may lie about this. Um, yeah, and one was just like penis ten times or something. Um, yeah, God, I don't know. I, thought, I feel like there was a couple better ones even than this that. is my this is my places that specific models of cars sell well. Blind spot. I'm feeling. I was what thinking you're about that the whole way like, here, is, and I couldn't come up wh- with one. <laughs> I really could. Have, have you tried looking at the names of cars? I, that's that's what I behind? do. I, that's, I, that's I, that's I was where driving I driving the whole way here, and the one, and one right in front of me for most of the drive was a Versa, which was the one that has come up in the past, even. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think a shirt that said "I fucked your mom and she liked it" would get you punched in the face because it's just I, so like broad. Although I think if you wore a shirt that said "I hope a U.S. Marine dies today," you would get punched. Oh, that the could face. do it. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe maybe a better maybe a better way to phrase it, like like get away from the audacious. Obviously, you're writing something, and, and just like I fucked Josh Millard's mom. Well, that no. that only works if like you know I'm then like, hey, buddy. Everybody else is like, well, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like she's a real loose lady. Right. <laughs> it was like you know your mother is a whore. Like like I feel like that that actually maybe works better because at that point you're actually you're using the second person pronoun uh, in a way that's making an assertion. Yeah. Like 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 so I, I mean as absurd as this is like obviously no one's going to see you wearing a shirt that says I fucked your mother and think wait my mother right you know obviously not but at the same time it's also it, it sounds enough like a jokey catchphrase thing to say. Versus, I don't know, maybe seriously, your mother's a whore. She's a whore. <laughs> you know that 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 that's not even snappy. That's right. not like it's got no it's got no heft to it. It's not something you uh, put on a bumper sticker. That's just a weird doubling down assertion about yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, that would be better, especially with the repeated. <laughs> She's a whore. She's a whore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Then, yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> starting this seriously. 
So yeah, there you go. There I we guess, go. Uh, all yeah. right. We found, I mean, yeah. I think the ship the ship has sailed. I never actually made him wear one of the shirts. I got all more than my fifty dollars worth of enjoyment out of just, just out of tormenting him yeah. with a whole series of these. Um, this randomly popped into my mind. Otherwise, I would have like gone back and reread those emails to remember some of the other ones. So it would have been a better topic of conversation. But yeah, uh, well, it was okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed okay. it. Turning down the quality like, a notch, know, yeah. the craft shoot. <laughs> Turn down the temperature. <laughs> Make the temperature shorter. Let's shorten the temperature. <laughs> Let's take it down two temperatures. Yes. <laughs> now we're only referencing things we said before we started recording, I think. The, the time is a flat circle, as they apparently said in some episode of True Detective that I haven't yeah, seen yet. Yeah, it's a couple. Yeah. yeah. Um, are we in stereo right now? This is another thing I was going to ask you. Stereo, yes. Stereo. But there's a difference between that and something you were talking about before. Oh, binaural, yes. Uh, yeah. Let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about that. Okay. You a podcast, I'll write you a song You can play it for your friends And they all can sing along It's time for podcast review songs J.D. Huntington Wants for nothing Wants for nothing at all No, J.D. Huntington Wants for nothing Wants for nothing Because it's a podcast what more do you want? It's a podcast. What more do you want? It's a podcast. What more could you possibly want? A podcast. Five stars. It's like drinking diesel. On a regular unleaded sort of day Yeah, you said It's like drinking diesel On a regular unleaded morning Then Benjamin L. Heiss had to mention Axl Rose So now his song was going away Screwed up, Ben I'm not singing anymore No more Axl Axl Rose really sucks Terrible. And we're not back. Callback. Oh Call yeah, back. Right. that was it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, good one. <laughs> I want to. I, I, I binaural has to has to mean two ears. Yes. Okay. Um, and and uh, so so binaural audio, right? Is is the subject of today's lecture? Um, <laughs> It's not simply stereo audio. Everybody's familiar with stereo. You have a left speaker and a right speaker, and some stuff is panned right to the center, and it's coming equally out of both. And then some panned to the left, and it it sounds like it's on the left because there's more coming out of that speaker than the other one, mm-hmm. and and vice versa for the right speaker. And which is how you how I think I don't think we've mentioned this before, but that's how you produce the Metafilter yes. podcast. Is you. Pan Jess a skosh to the left. I think. I think. I think, we, I think we leave Jess yeah. in the middle actually, oh, okay. and I'm on the left, and Matt's on the right. So you two got, are arguing, and she's kind of the di- diplomatic middle. Sort of. Yes. Sort both, of, both, sort of both, the dynamic, you know, figuratively and and uh, and otherwise. Well, the thing is, me and me and Matt Howie have fairly similar vocal ranges, oh, and so. Sure. Putting a little bit of separation between us to one side and the other and leaving Jess, who has a, a slightly higher range mm-hmm. in the middle, creates a little bit more of a a sense of space is the theory. Uh, right. So that we're not 
me and Matt aren't just blending together completely. Do you have a problem identifying people's voices in podcasts? I don't like distinguish not identi- not identifying but distinguishing from one another. No, no, it, it, that, that actually I'm totally fine with. I hear over and over. Di- this has come up with various different podcasts that I listen to. People saying that, oh yeah, it took me like ten episodes before I could tell the one from the other. I thought it was yeah. the same person talking a few times and things like that. I've never had that problem. I think it, it just varies a lot mention. for people. Like it, it, there's some people who've mentioned that a lot about the Metafilter podcasts. They just really can't tell me and Matt apart. Right. Um, and we've actually after like. I think maybe sometime around episode number 80, we finally started saying, I'm Matt. Right. I'm Josh. Right. Um, I like how I talked more like myself for the Matt than for myself. <laughs> I'm Matt. <laughs> no, I'm Josh. I'm uh, Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it finally occurred to us to do that because I was like, oh, but I'm panning us to either side. It's fine. Like people are going to somehow read the one meta talk right. thread where I mentioned that and figure that out. Right. So. Um, it, and yet I'm terrible at remembering who is who. Like I can tell when it's person A versus person B, but I can never remember if person A is Jim and person B is Bob or vice yeah. versa. Well, I'm yeah, that's the, the trickier thing for me. Like Nerdist, uh, figuring figuring out who was who on that the first few times I listened to it was tricky because you've got Chris Hardwick is easy to pick out, but then I didn't really know uh, who Jonah was versus uh, Matt Myers. Hmm. Uh, and so they, they just sort of blended together until I could like actually pin one down and, and get to know them a little bit more to have a better sense of their personality to be able to follow it. Cause yeah, I think that's a legitimate issue, even aside from just like distinguishing the specific timbre of someone's voice. Timbre. Man, we're all callbacks this episode. It's nothing but. I like it. Uh, star 69. That's how you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you meant. I just thought it was another callback, and it was working on two It was a callback levels, to REM uh, from those years I was playing with REM. Right. Um, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think people have trouble yeah. with us, because I think we have probably not too dissimilar. Not not crazily so. I mean, I, I'm more erudite. Um, but <laughs> right, and I'm... I'm <laughs> I love this. There was this tiny flicker of just immediate betrayal in your eye when I did that. You know what it is? It's because one of my favorite things anyone has ever written on Metafilter is someone on Metatalk linked to a Time magazine or I forget some major publication the one had that listed you were the, of the year of yeah maybe I don't know the um. Had Metafilter had placed in the top ten, whatever interesting new sites or oh, places yeah. to get questions yeah. answered or whatever, and uh, you know the poll, you know, it was like a little one or two sentence thing description, and the and the it was like at one point it was like you know I think it was, I'm sure it was asked Metafilter now I'm thinking about it, but like a place to go where actual intelligent people answer your questions basically and called it erudite, and uh, the first comment in the Metatalk thread was said erudite fuck yeah. <laughs> And that was the whole comment, and I'm like, oh, that is perfect. That is just... <laughs> That's pretty much Metafilter right, right there for you. Bless you, person who's... We are screen. fucking stoked to finally have <laughs> the quality of our discourse recognized by these old media motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I would see that as totally possible. Like, I feel like we definitely have our own vocal idiosyncrasies, but we're both in sort of like, you know... Somewhere. And I'm much stupider too. So you know, there's that. <laughs> We're both like baritone, somewhere in baritone tenor cusp range. I feel like we're both sort of 
Yeah. I mean, we should ask the audience maybe this because we're the worst possible judges. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I can pick my voice out of any, any recording, but um, because of the nasally hellish nose nightmare going on in it. Yeah. But um, it, someone just coming to the show might not. I don't know. Yeah. I, the other thing is that. Um, well, and I pan us a little bit left and right too. All right. Just, so, just gently. So we're by Ernold. No, no, we're just we're just panned a bit. We're that we've got some stereo separation is what mm-hmm. we've got. That's. That's what you get when you move across a stereo field in a traditional way. There's some awesome joke here that I'm going to think of later about having, like, we're by and having a trial stereo separation. And I don't, there's some weird relationship. Well, I was going to say, people who are really big devotees of specific implementations of the kind of specific audio record I'm talking about could be sort of acolytes of various binaural sects. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, whereas I'm simply biaural curious. Yes. <laughs> so biaural audio. So here's the deal. Uh, with, with traditional stereo recording, basically what you do is you record a specific signal with one microphone to get a mono recording, and then you can just, with a knob, pan that left or right or leave it dead center, which is how most uh, stuff in an audio mix will work. Like we're recording, each of us is talking to one microphone. It's a mono signal. Um, just got a single signal for each of us. Uh, I record that and then I just nudge mine a little bit left and nudge yours a little bit right in GarageBand. And then when I do the mix down of the podcast sound file, I'll sound a little bit louder in the left ear than in the right ear and vice versa for you. Um, so that's, that's real simple stuff. That's, that dates back decades and decades now being able to do that. Um, what binaural recording is, is it's a much more complicated, specific thing where you're actually modeling the acoustical properties of the human head. Because the thing with our ears is they aren't just literally a couple of microphones on flat surfaces on uh, you know either side of a wood block that doesn't matter in the equation. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like we're just hearing sounds from the flat side of our head on either side. Right. Our head actually transmits a lot of sound to the ears uh, as sound hits it and moves through it. So most of what we hear, most of the sound signals we we get through our ears into our brain are coming through our ear canal, you know, coming in our ears, going down in the space, hitting our eardrum directly, and then getting translated into uh, nervous signals by the little tiny bones in our ears and so on the hammer and the stirrup and the mm-hmm. Pokemon, I think is the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got a lot of, you got a lot of sound coming in and hitting your eardrum directly, but then there's a fair amount of sound that's hitting, you know, any other part of your head. You've got bones, your skull, they call that your head bones. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's going to translate. I've that, heard that. Yeah. That's, that, that's just gonna, recently discovered as I, <laughs> yes, the, the recently discovered <laughs> miracle of, the head bone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sounds coming in from all those other directions too. And that's, that's hitting it. And, and bone translates sound at a slightly different frequency than air, you know, denser subject, uh, substrates translate sound faster. So basically the actual sound you hear out of your left ear and your right ear is a lot more complicated than just what's on your left and what's on your right as distinct signals. There's actually a bunch of weird smearing, uh, sort of pre-echoes and echoes that like get there a little bit faster, a little bit slower. And that's how we can 
identify where a sound is coming from pretty well as human beings and, and other animals obviously can do this too. Um, and you look at prey, prey mammals that have big ears, it's partly because, you know, they can gather even more detailed information as a result. Uh, so we can really, as humans, get a really strong sense of where something is, whether it's in front of us, behind us, above us, below us. There's this whole three-dimensional field of space that we can track to varying degrees of accuracy, depending on the circumstances uh, with our ears. But basically, if you close your eyes and then someone is somewhere in 3D space around you and says hello, you can pretty reliably turn to where they are, no matter where they are. Um, so the thing is, with traditional stereo recording, you don't really get any of that. What you get is kind of a 180-degree arc in front of you at eye level, in a sense. Like, if you pan hard left on a traditional stereo recording, something will sound, I guess, like it's directly to your left. Right. And if you sort of pan towards the center, it's like it's moving... Uh, in front of your nose, and then it's moving off to the far right. Right, or I, I mean, I've had the experience where something coming from pan to one side to pan to the other, it feels like it's going through, kind of between my ears, through my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels like it's it's really yeah, it's almost Linear, a straight line. Single, you know, and like, there's certain tricks you can do to create a little bit of a sense of space uh, in a traditional stereo recording. Uh, by using reverb, for example, one of the things that we instinctively know, even if we don't think about it, about uh, acoustical stuff is if we hear something that's sort of reverberating, we associate it with distance. Because if someone is right next to you and they're talking, it's going to sound really, really crisp. What you're going to hear mostly is the sound of their voice coming from their mouth to your mm -hmm. ears. If someone is shouting at you from 100 feet away... Uh, you're going to hear what they're shouting, but you're going to lose some of the high frequencies because those fall off faster distance. You're going to hear a little bit of the surrounding echoing it, reverbing it. Um, and so all these things build up to having, us having this instinctive model of distance right. being associated with these extra reverberations and modifications to the sounds we hear. Yeah, and and you're hearing, especially if someone's shouting you down a hallway or something, you're hearing not just the sound waves that have traveled straight through the space, you know, the air directly to your ear, but things that have bounced off the walls exactly. and kind yeah. of zigzag down the hallway and stuff. So you get it not as just one snap impetus, but like kind of a slightly staggered, you know, exactly. yeah, microscopically sort of like, staggered. But yeah, like kinda, it may be a matter of like tens or... 50s or hundreds of milliseconds but it's right. it's all there and you right the even if you don't from it though is distinctly different. yeah yeah if you can't break it down you still know it like so if you took an audio signal of of me talking into a microphone uh right in front of it in a, in a really dry room without any echo and then you applied some reverb after the fact it would sound more like i'm far away mm -hmm. and, and really good reverb effects can model very complicated Hmm. effects there you can really make it sound like someone is singing from the far end of a cathedral even though they recorded it standing right in front of the microphone in a dry room just mm -hmm. by processing it after the fact so you can do things like that and that's there's a lot of art and science in that in traditional recording but binaural recording is a really interesting specific thing where you don't just set up a pair of microphones and record a signal you set up a pair of microphones inside of often a silicone model of a human head you actually model uh, the, the overall shape of a human head uh, and you put microphones about where your eardrums would be inside of that and you use that as a source and you record it and what you end up with is a shockingly effective image of the 3D space around that fake human head. 
Um, and it's the sort of thing that you really kind of have to hear it to really appreciate it. You can find some demo binaural recordings uh, uh, on the internet probably really easily by searching them. Just binaural, B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L. Um, and if you search for that, the thing is, if you want to check it out, what you need to do is put on a good pair of headphones. Because coming out of your computer speakers, you will not get the effect because you really need the sound to be being directed directly to your ears left and right from headphones to recreate the 3D space of the sound. Right. Um, doing it on your laptop, it's not going to work. Doing it on computer speakers on a traditional like desktop left and right, it's only maybe going to sort of work. But headphones, like they don't – and they don't – Because have it, with any type of non-enclosed speaker – uh, you're going to also be getting crosstalk with other with characteristics of the room you're listening to. Exactly. Then, so, like, was, would yeah. muddle kind of the, the subtleties of that yeah. signal. Yeah, so binaural recording works by really working on the assumption that there's a very directed place that the microphones are, and so you have to recreate that uh, in the opposite direction with headphones to really experience it. But it's an amazing thing. Like, you just listen to this stuff, and it's there's a classic one that went around the internet years ago that was someone demoing their product, and so they demoed... Uh, a haircut. So they did a haircut where they just sort of mm. like did Foley effects or maybe actual live recording of someone fucking around with scissors mm-hmm. all around a recording setup. And if you listen to it, there's really that sense of space. And it's all down to tiny, tiny differences like at the millisecond level in where you hear it on the left versus the right and some of the frequencies there that models the the way they, the actual human skull takes right. up space and how sound moves through it. So it's a really it's a really fascinating thing that I should stop talking about because saying it's fascinating really doesn't get anybody anywhere. But, but it's, it's just worth try saying it, it more times. Hmm? Try saying it more times that it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. I, it's fascinating to me. It it's, really honestly is. Um, but so that's seriously, how, your mother's fascinating. <laughs> She's fascinating. <laughs> um, so that's how we're being re- – that's why I'm talking into this human head. Yes, yes. <laughs> You couldn't afford I, the silicone one. I kinda, you just had to go kill somebody. Well, I, I figured it was it was simpler. <laughs> uh, I actually I've thought about trying to set up a rig, but it's like part of the thing is like, what do you do with it? Because on the one hand, it's really neat. On the other hand, if I'm going to record like uh, music, I'm probably not going to actually be moving around constantly with my music. I'm probably not going to be trying to simulate the sense of my guitar moving over your head. I'm sure there's people who have done this, but like, really? I'm not going to bother. So it's like, do I really want to spend 300 bucks on a good binaural sure. recording setup just so I can... It is something that I think Autofiles listens to in good studio recordings, though, is that su- the soundstage, which is that oh, kind sure. of spatial, yeah. uh, you know, not just that the drums are seem slightly to your left, but they seem like in front of you and a little ways away as yeah. opposed to, you know. Oh, yeah. People who are serious about... Uh, and something that like vinyl aficionados say, that's one of the things <laughs> that you don't really get the <laughs> translation as much. Oh, uh, that's... Uh. But it's, I don't know. Anyways, that's a place that comes <laughs> up, though, and I think it so it can apply to music even if you're not moving the instruments around. Sure, yeah. Getting no, a sense no, no. of physical sense, space, sense of, space yeah, of the recording space is yeah. actually kind of nice. Yeah, the binaural thing really, it stands out mostly when there's music involved, movement involved. Sure. But, but still, yeah, you can make that argument in general. Um, um, yeah, it's something that uh, I had never heard the term applied to it, but I remember many years ago when I was really geeking out on uh, just w- whatever video game developers would were interested in talking about. I think it was around the time of Unreal Tournament or, you know, it's in the 90s. 
and they were talking about you know every you know obviously graphics are really good for demos but we have a really awesome team working on what we can do to kind of kick uh, audio the audio experience up to the next level so they were they, they were just getting into these ideas of like okay different surfaces have different like sound reflective properties and yeah. you know something standing right next to a wall you're going to hear a gunshot kind of muffled reverberate off the wall slightly or what you're talking about which is you know, when you're only when you're mapping the source of a sound in in 3D space, but kind of in a on a two dimensional plane, like you're talking about, and you're just saying, okay, well, it would be 10 percent louder in this year than this year because it's 10 whatever, however many degrees off center, yeah, uh, is not enough because you actually enrich the experience a lot by giving someone just the acoustic knowledge of whether a gun is going off in front of or behind them, yeah. um, and that's something that. In in the simplest models of human hearing, which is we use just two sources of input to determine how far to the left or right something is, uh, but more complicated things like how sound resounds, rebounds down your ear canal and, and other aspects of how your head picks up locational information about the source of the sound can come into play. So I think it's really interesting. Yeah. So thanks. Well, yeah, that reminds me. Of I'm that. no longer by aural curious. <laughs> I'm just gay. <laughs> yeah, I should say. I should say. We ta- I was talking about stereo versus binaural, but there is, of course, surround sound is a very common concept now. You know, certainly movie theaters and more and more people have them at home. Right, um, which is you, you don't which, have to you don't have to bother modeling it because you're just actually creating more than yeah, two sources. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're a lot. You get a you get ninety percent there with that for mm-hmm. things like like with video games. Like I I've got a surround set up in my my living room and it's great. Uh, when I'm playing a game that like if it's a creepy game where shit can show up behind me that's bad mm-hmm. oh that's that's awesome dead space games are great to play mm-hmm. in that setup because mm-hmm. it's like oh fuck something's behind me and you know it's behind you not that it's just to you left somewhere right, right. Uh, and so having that as a cue to like fuck and and and, yeah. and having that as a cue to fuck <laughs> your cue to fuck yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> to fuck who I missed it what did you say uh, yeah it, 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 it's a it, and that gets you a lot of the ways because there's not a lot of games where verticality is going to be a huge issue. Like if you have the general direction, you can sort of see whether it's mm-hmm. slightly above you or slightly below you. You know, and if that changes with time, that's that's great. But uh, yeah, although you know that you can get like space or other or dog fighting games or just places set where actually like all every angle of yeah. Is, well, is, and that, is that I think that I think will be a really uh, nice place where and yeah, the other more sorry, go ahead. Yes, yeah, I think these sort of 3D sound principles will, like, not just surround, but actual, like, spherical surround, yeah. left, right, up, down, you know. Right, really not just a on a kind of a two-dimensional plane, but actually yeah. in every every dimension. Um, and another place that's important is, you know, with something like Oculus Rift, where you are, you are modeling 3D space visually yes. in, a, in a new and unique way, and it, it would really, really be advantageous to model sound the same way. But I think if I've used our Oculus Rift one time that my friend Aaron let me use, but um, I think it's, it has the headphones built in, right? There's no – you basically are using it with headphones when you're using it, or is that not right? I, I think uh, – I can't I don't remember. I actually don't know. I haven't, okay. I haven't used one. And, and I you know, we're, we're still ways off so. from whatever the commercial release will be, so who knows. Right. Um, but other kind of VR yes, glasses it, type things that I had worn in the past when they were much more in their infancy definitely had the headphones built in because yeah. you want you're trying to put someone in the most immersive. Well, yeah, it seems space. like you really, really have to track uh, 
sound in 3D at that point, right. one way or the other, because you're immersing them exactly in the sense of space. Right, and someone tilting their head up should change where the apparent source of the sound is yeah. and things like that, yeah. I want to I want to mention actually one little iPhone game that people anybody listening who's interested in the idea of binaural stuff mm. uh there's a really neat little uh iPhone game that came out a few years ago uh called Papa Sangre uh, mm. P A P A C A N G R E it was a a game built by a little indie uh development studio uh designed as a game for uh blind players like it has no graphics. Uh, mm. You you play the game by starting it up, and then you're literally walking around in a dark place and using audio cues to find your way around. But it uses binaural sound, a binaural sound model, to give you a very 3D sense of the space. Mm. And you, you you just move around the game. You've got a left foot and a right foot button that you're using with your left thumb and your right thumb on you know big areas of the iphone screen and then if i remember right there's also sort of the bottom of it you can swipe left or right with your thumb to turn Mm. and that's the whole thing and so you're just wandering around and listening and trying to follow audio clues to find your way through mazes essentially Mm. um but it's a great example of someone using that technology for a very specific purpose that's that's very effective. And I'm, I think you probably buy this thing for like ninety nine cents on the you know iPhone store or whatever. They're working on a sequel actually. Cool. Now, I heard recently heard that's so. a good sign that it was morally successful. Yeah, I, I think they did okay. Yeah, uh, and it's a really neat idea. So Papa Sangre, check that out as yeah. a good example. Yeah, I, I would be interested too, and I suggest you do too. While you're there, leave us a review. Ha <laughs> you're, you're on, on the iTunes, store. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, well, or take- don't. I mean, if you leave a review, if you want to give Josh more work, yeah, yeah, no, which I <laughs> please do. No, I, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. We'll, we'll come back. We'll talk about that. All right, all right. Time for podcast review songs. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Here's it. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Here's it. Has something to say. Amazing podcast. It's amazing podcast. It's amazing podcast. It's amazing podcast. Entertain, informative, fun, butts. Entertain, informative, fun, butts. Entertain, informative, fun, butts. Entertain, informative, fun, butts. Thank you. Seriously inspiring. You helped me with my life. I also love Mephi, best of the web. We have such films to show you. I'll be listening to In the Cut next. Oh, excellent five stars. Ooh, excellent five stars. Dr. Ho. Okay, I should say, I, I want to talk a little bit about the beer thing, because I feel like our beer rhythm has been totally weird tonight. Um, like, we oh. haven't been doing the notable on-mic uh, beer things. By the way, we're back. I was not saying it. And now you're looking at me like, okay, and you don't know if we're back. And so apparently, No, I was looking at you because I didn't know what you said. Beer wisdom? B- beer? I don't even know what I said. Oh, beer man. something? Beer something? <laughs> beer something. Let's agree that that's what it was. Seriously, beer something. Yeah. 
beer something. Uh, <laughs> and then just a middle finger right underneath that on the shirt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, we, we, we traditionally pointedly open beers uh, on mic. And the thing is, when you got here, I was halfway through a beer that I was just drinking with dinner. And uh, so then when we started the show, I didn't have a beer to open. And you opened a beer... Or, or maybe I opened a beer once we started, but I didn't really think about it because, like, we weren't doing it synchronized, so I wasn't like, it didn't become an event in my mind. And so we've we've gone through a couple beers here back and forth, where it's probably been audible on mic for people who were listening for it, but it was it felt like less of a thing, and it's it's just a it's an odd break from tradition. And then now we're back, but we opened these beers before we came back, and yeah. there's a lot of. You're, it, it, you're probably very frightened out there right now. Very lost. You understand. No we still care for you. We're still drinking beer. Yeah. There's still the consumption of beer is still a, an active part of this. It's difficult for you to locate spatially where the beer is coming from <laughs> when it's not being picked up by the mic when it opens. But rest assured, it's never more than a couple feet yes. from my mouth. In the future, we will try and look into the possibility of buying beer recording. But mm-hmm. buying buy beer recording. I, I think the joke I, worked. Yeah. yeah, I just, I, I really, the enunciation was not there. It's okay. That's part of the joke to me. I, you know, so, so I'm, <laughs> I'm funny like a clown as I amuse you. Uh, well, we, we, we totally were going to talk about a thing, and I don't know what anymore. Well, it's definitely not what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, we were going to come back and talk about the recording songs. Oh, yes. Interstitial music for the podcast. I, uh,. So yes, it, so, so it took like we joked when we were recording with with Matthew. Uh, you, you, you joked idly that you know, and it'll be like three weeks before this comes out, which we were both like, huh, because because the previous one had taken like three weeks to come out, and it had taken three weeks to come out because I got all weird and avoidy about getting it done because I was wanting to record uh, the next batch of uh, songs for iTunes reviews. Uh, because I really enjoyed doing that first set of them, and some people enjoyed it. Like as as we were talking about, I think before we started recording, uh, Mike Suze, or I, I don't know if we ever figured out how to pronounce his name, but it's like S U S Z. He was one of the first batch, and he just tweeted the other day. It's like, oh hey, they those sons of bitches did it. They recorded my review as a song, and I was like, hey. And did we get his permission to say his name on the air? Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Okay. I mean, he did yeah. leave it on iTunes, so hopefully he's down with it. If not, uh, you know, have your lawyer call my lawyer, <laughs> and uh, my lawyer Mother. will suddenly exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, he'll exist. He'll exist. Uh, how come it's not a she? You fucking sexist. That's, uh, I'm just. Pre- I'm. 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 I'm respecting his pronoun choice. <laughs> God, we got all the callbacks in here. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I got another one yeah? in the chamber. Yeah. Okay. Just, okay. just wait. Wait for a moment when I look like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, oh, quote unquote. More wait than, for that. <laughs> more than usual. <laughs> One of those moments where I look instead of like manic and excited in a sort of <laughs> lost way when I'm actually looking a little bit frightened, then then leap. Then I'll hit uh, you with this one. It's actually, yes, it's actually so, not any good. So I, I, I feel it's a very complicated set of stuff on what's actually a very simple situation. The simple situation is it took me a while to get the podcast, the previous one before the Matt one, and then the last one as well. Uh, it took me like three weeks Three well, weeks the last and change. One took three weeks to record. Well, it was a long podcast, but we were in the you know, so we were in the can that night. Uh, and really, the only thing that didn't get done after I gave up on not getting it done was the iTunes songs and everything else. 
I got done, you know, while suffering a massive head cold. I still got it done in an hour because it really it's not that hard. But I get so I can get really wrapped up in the idea of getting something done the way I thought it was going to get done. Mm. And that's 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 something that I don't really I don't always manage to step back far enough to manage. And it's 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 a it's an ongoing sort of issue for me. It's it's a mental thing, you know, and and, and I've. There are times when I deal with it very effectively because sometimes I can sort of say, you know what? I'm hung up on this. It's making me unhappy that I'm not getting it done. It's making me unhappy that I'm avoiding getting it done. I'm just going to get it done. I'm just going to find a good compromise and boom, get that in the can. And there we go. And that works really well. It's a, I think it's a, it's a healthy way to deal with that particular part of my brain that you know gets all caught up in not wanting to do something wrong and so just doesn't do it because that's not a it's not a great way to go i mean maybe if you're trying to complete a masterpiece it's better to just wait and not do it than to sacrifice and do it wrong Hmm. but i don't think i'm in a place where i'm really worrying about the masterpieces my brain just sort of gets freaked out about this stuff well i think even a masterpiece though it could be creative because of the creative process influences the results so much that even a masterpiece probably doesn't come out the way it was exactly in every way envisioned at the outset. Sure, yeah, and you probably... And the creative like, process influences and sculpts and your mindset and, you know, various, um, you know, the realities of the medium you're working in sculpt it to some extent, too. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the, what makes it a masterpiece is that the the process is evident in the in the result. Yeah, and, and, and while I imagine there have been people who felt like they had a sense that they were doing their life's work when they were working on what ends up being considered their life's work... Um, like I'm sure that happens mm-hmm. um, out of whatever combination of providence and just coincidence, you know, delusion lining up with reality for once or something like that. Uh, I imagine at the same time there are so many people who are accomplishing shit while thinking it's their masterpiece and then people who created the thing that they consider shit that other people end up thinking is their masterpiece whether while they live or long after they're dead that yeah it's like it seems like a real uh crapshoot if you will um basically what i'm saying is this episode is my masterpiece yes uh, <laughs> no it's a weird thing it's 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 a thing that i feel i i i i sort of struggle with it as a like mm, recurring creative conflict thing and and it bugs me that i end up avoiding things it bugs me that i end up like like just not doing a thing because I feel like I'm not going to do it right and I want to do it right. And I've, I've nailed down in my head what doing it right means so mm. tightly that I, I sort of trap myself into being in that weird dynamic where I just kind of want to not look at, I want to ignore it. I want to, you know, not touch it and just go do something else and distract myself somehow. Um, just because I'm not doing the thing that I convinced myself was the thing I had to do on it. Right. Um, and that sort of, that, that, that goes with this a little bit with me putting off getting things mixed down. Cause you know, I should just get it mixed down and get it out. Let people listen to it. And if I need to push off on the iTunes review stuff until I feel like doing it, that's fine. And this is, this is the very sane, very straightforward. I think that's an obvious thing to do. Right. You know, this is not something where I, you know, sold someone something and I'm not, you know, meeting a a legal contract. This is just, yeah, I'll get around to it and hopefully people will enjoy it. I hate to make people wait, but I hate to make people wait on me waiting too. So, you know, like 
making people wait to hear their iTunes review song. Oh, I see. You know, yeah. I was like, I, I kind of hate to be like, oh, yeah, I'll totally do this. Uh, I haven't done it yet. And two months later, I still haven't done it. You know, I, feel, I know. It's I, funny when in the episode we're like, so you just heard an iTunes review song and the listener, we did yeah. just hear an iTunes review song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel a little bit bad about that. But at the same time, should I make everybody not even hear our podcast because I'm like being weird and verklempt about not getting the recording <laughs> we done? Should, we should be so kind. Yeah, exactly. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> you so, know, you yeah. know one thing that that I identify with that a lot, and and or, or what I should say is one one w- way I find myself in that situation is that sometimes I have motivation problems, and one of the ugh, I almost said brain hacks or life hacks or something. Please just kill me now. One, but one of the tricks I've one of the ways I trick myself and I've learned to trick myself is to. Um, to say out loud what I'm going to do or to tell someone that, that what I'm planning on or, or just in some way make a pledge. So that way it's not as it, – it can't just disappear. It's out there. And I remember yeah. that it's out there. I remember having said it. And so I, I, I feel like, well, now, now I have – I mean even if I don't feel the same creative impulse I did when I said it, well, it's – I have to do it to keep a promise. Yeah. And I feel like if I broke a promise that I did, an implicit promise like that, that the whole thing would fall apart like a house of cards. And that, that trick would no longer work for me. So I sort of just have to keep a yeah. promise like that. So I could see myself in a real similar situation like that um, where um, – where where I'm worried that my whole system will fall apart if I say I'll do something and then I don't actually do it, even if the stakes of not actually doing it are not high at all. Yeah. Um, but I don't know who who knows if that's even a, a productive way of looking at I, it because I, I, I've said that my other podcast is coming back early 2014 <laughs> and now it's April. <laughs> still, it and, and until June is over, it's still early. Yeah, I, yeah maybe. Thanks. Just in the strictest <laughs> sense, stereo okay. panning anything mm-hmm. left of center. Is left right. Anything anything earlier than the middle of the year is early. You know, what I was um, going to say about that exact thing is, that, you know, if it's excuse me, whew, even if you're panning something all the way to one side, put it in the other ear a little bit. Not you yeah. in particular, but you out there if you're doing any sort of audio production creative thing. Because if I only hear it in one ear, it feels like it's inside of my ear. Well, it's a funny and thing it actually. Because when the idea of stereo first showed up, the earliest stereo stuff you saw often featured basically just stuff hard left and mm-hmm. stuff hard right. There's there's Beatles, early Beatles stereo recordings when stereo was brand new um, that are just miserable to listen to, actually, because it's like all of the guitar is in the left ear, mm-hmm. all of the drums is in the left ear, all of the bass and all the vocals are in the right ear. And it's just, it's hard left, hard right. And it's it's just like it's not what we're used to hearing. It's right. It Even if someone's an inch well. from your ear and singing, you still hear it in the other yeah. ear. You hear it in a different way because it's reverberated off the room, or it's yeah. a delay, or it's, and it's much much quieter. Obviously, yeah. T- typically, if you see someone panning something fairly hard to the side in a typical mix in 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 pop or rock music these days, they're actually going to pan it like maybe seventy five percent. Like they'll they'll push it significantly to the left, but they'll leave some in the right. Because yeah, exactly that you have that sense of hearing something that's on your left, you're going to hear it a little bit in your right ear. You yeah, know, even if, if it's, it's if the totally sounds being ear, generated from outside your head, it's going to hit both ears exactly. to some level. Yeah, right? and, and to some extent, if you use like a reverb effect on a track, like you may record a dry <laughs> signal is how you refer to something that doesn't have a whole lot of reverberation or room sound in it mm. like it's just basically that sound going straight into the mic and nothing bouncing around so you take that dry signal and you can pan that significantly to the left 
in a mix. So it's really going to mostly show up in someone's left ear, or even maybe you'll pan it straight hard leftward, like literally nothing but the left speaker will be producing that sound. But then you put some reverb on it and you let that reverb actually balance things out. So the reverb is going to show up in both the left and the right. Mm. Then you can get something where it really feels like someone's on your left, but there's still that sense of space of a room where they're talking or singing or playing guitar and it's bouncing off the walls and you hear it a bit in your right ear too, Mm -hmm. even just on the reflection. Um, There's a ton of... Uh, I would love to have someone who wants to talk serious nitty gritty sound engineering on sometime because I have very, <laughs> very limited DIY, uh, you know, self taught information here. You know, gleaned from the more beginners articles on in Tape Op magazine and, and from discussions on Metafilter music. But uh, it's it's kind of fascinating stuff, and that's why I have trouble putting out the podcast sometimes. <laughs> Right. I, I mean, it, every specific technical topic we're going to talk about is going to be under-researched and overconfident. So, yeah. uh, you know, disclaimer. But the point <laughs> is we have 16. enthusiasm. We're yeah. excited. If you At didn't know by now, we're right. it doesn't we matter are full of shit. We are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wanted, to, I wanted to bring up uh, briefly sort of like an update on – I've talked before about watching like Twitter for people mentioning the crapshoot. Oh, yeah, Which sure. occasionally happens every once in a while. But most of the time, as I've said before, when people are mentioning the crapshoot, they're mentioning some notional crapshoot in a metaphorical sense having nothing to do with our podcast. And um, usually sports. Usually sports. Right, which we're experts sports, on yeah, as we well, continually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> prove episode after episode. Anytime a sports uh, tournament or ladder comes around, that's usually mm-hmm. when I start to see an uptick in reference to the crapshoot. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's bothered me is people uh, – I'm not so bothered when people use the concept of the crapshoot as in like – Oh man, yeah, this is a real crapshoot. You know, you can't really tell what's going to happen because there's so much randomness. Because mm-hmm. that's fine. That's exactly what it is. You know, like if you're shooting craps, that's kind of the definition of the game. Is it's not a game of really carefully coned, carefully coned skill. Carefully <laughs> coned is yes. good. I like that. Seriously, carefully coned. It's a spoonerism. Is that the right term? Yes. Okay. Um. Named I after. like it because it makes me think of combing hair. That's a great yes. one. I love that one. Hairfully combed. Yeah. <laughs> That's really, yeah. You can build a dumb joke out of that probably. Um, it's too late. I think we accidentally already have. <laughs> What's the difference between a sharp knife and a uh, person who works at a salon? The sharp knife is carefully honed. And yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I made up a joke. Get ready. Okay. <laughs> so this isn't the joke I made up. This is a different joke that I had already heard. Uh, what do you get when when an elephant fucks a rhino? What? Elephino. Wait, you made... you No, no, no. Oh, okay. That's okay. the joke I heard first. I was going to say. Is, that's, that's a, a good joke, That's right? a classic, yeah. yeah. So the joke I made up as a five-year-old was, what do you, well, what do you get when a rhino fucks an elephant? It's irrelevant. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I made that. I mean, at five, maybe it's like fifth grade is probably what I'm thinking of, so a little older. But I was pretty young when I came up with that, and I was really proud That's, of it. I'm really proud of that. And That's it had exciting. no legs. It never went anywhere. But That's... I still, what, 30, 25 to 28 years later, I still have a chip on my shoulder about that so that's, joke not that's taking a, that's off. That's a solid fucking joke. That's great. I feel like you could tell that as like that's your that's your follow-up whammy on the traditional ones. He was like, what do you get when you cross an elephant with a rhino? Elephino. Yeah, but what do you get if you cross a rhino with an elephant? (sighs) 
It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. I feel like this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. I'm assuming when you made it up, you didn't actually use the word fucks. No, I didn't. Like, but I think the joke works better that way. Something? Well, I think it's. I said. I said cross. But it, it doesn't make yeah, sense if you works. say cross because then it doesn't matter which order they're in. You're just crossing them. Well, I think but it's if still, you say one fucks still. the other, it does matter because there's a, one's not, the male and one's the female. Yeah, um, that's, I'm painting a picture for you here. This is yeah, a theater of the you're, mind. You're as really they call imposing it. A, a strong sort of like you know <laughs> dynamic of sexual dominance into this joke that I'm really it's making more and more uncomfortable to uh, you know square that with the idea of you being either five or in fifth grade. Like, like I, I'm imagining, no, like, I said, you know, you as a small so child be like, no, no, you have to understand the, the rhino fucks the elephant. <laughs> the elephant is a submissive object before the rhino's sexual drive. Right. I was just saying that if they're going to have different answers, they should be distinctly different well, scenarios yeah, no, no, I, in I some way. I, I'm, I'm just kind of But I didn't, I didn't have that conclusion at the time. I just said when you cross A with B yes. or when you cross B with A. I yes. Used well, I, I, I don't think I, I, anybody, I think, who hears that joke and says, yes, but the commutative property tells us that the order of the operands does not matter, can just go fuck themselves because that's <laughs> – no, fuck you. It's a great joke. That's a great joke. <laughs> Thanks. That's, man, that's, that's a that, – I'm, I'm so – I want to go back in time <laughs> and just fucking high-five five or ten year old you you would have been the first because it just didn't it didn't have, ah, it didn't catch you on you were robbed you were yeah. but you can tell i'm still angry about childhood it, so. is a series of completely unjust disappointments and failure to acknowledge so I, I orchestrated this entire life to get to this point where i could be talking and telling that joke into a microphone where literally dozens of people could hear it i'm ready for an on mic uh, beer clean yay I mean, just, that's that's fantastic. It's been a while And I feel like we just one. brought the beer back. Like mm-hmm. We brought the beer back into the podcast, and I feel good about that. Oh, but the thing I was going to say about the crapshoot um, is, is plenty of people use crapshoot in a way that I at least approve of. Like, the fact that they're not talking about the podcast, I can find it in my heart to forgive them. <laughs> okay. You know, because at least they're using it in a sense that makes sense. But I've realized one of the things that drives me crazy, and I only finally pinned it down when I saw another example uh, yesterday or today, is some people use crap shoot in the sense of like a poop shoot or a shoot down which poop goes. Uh, sh- like possibly a shitter, possibly your, your colon, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how you want to. Point of order. Do, are they spelling it C H U T? No, okay. it wouldn't show up All in right. my search. If oh, they were, right. I'm searching for the way we spell our podcast, right? Which and we can change. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're correct. These people are fucking idiots. Is right. the problem? They're, they're talking about it just like, might be more accurate if we spelled it C H U T. Stop nagging us. Okay, we're, right. we're, we're 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 not pickup artists trying to pick ourselves up at a bar. <laughs> By being destructive about human interaction dynamics, I do. Th- I do think I, I badmouth our show a little too much. So apologies if that gets on anybody's nerves. It's the I, only way I know how to make jokes, though. So. I, I mostly, I mostly stopped doing it after a while. I feel yeah. like you know, and specifically because I've gotten feedback from a couple of people like, "Hey, I really like the show. You should not, you know." Knock yourself down so much. I was like, yeah, but it's funny. I was like, yeah, but yeah, it sounds well, no like, one said you know, that to me. So people just hold you well, in higher I, esteem I, than they hold me. I, think. I feel like I, I feel like I told you that on on their behalf at some point. Yeah, but I don't uh, listen to anything you say. Yeah, well. <laughs> so I'm sorry. So yeah, well. Yes, people tangent. people using they're they're using crapshoot wrong. 
mm-hmm. while not talking about our podcast, which is Can just Can you bullshit. use it in a sentence the wrong way just so I know exactly what you mean? Well, that really went down the crapshoot. Oh, yeah. Which, like, that's unambiguous. You're not talking – that really went down the random series of events that are hard to predict because of various, you know, vectors. Mm-hmm. No, you're saying that went down the shithole, mm-hmm. but you're using the word shoot wrong mm-hmm. because you don't know that it's spelled with a fucking C-H-U-T-E. It's not really spelled with all of the letters in order, is it? At that point, it's just spelled. It's spelled S-H-C-H. I'm calling a mulligan. <laughs> the point is, it's, what it's the well established that you can't go back and fix this it's, in editing, so you're just going to have to I'm just, sound I'm just as dumb as live I with usually it. do. Oh, see, I did it again. I did it again. I can't. I can only just make myself the butt of the joke every time. So it, it's okay. Uh, you had something in the chamber, or did that already spring? You had, oh, I, you for had... a second, I thought you were making a crapshoot joke. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take it as you will. Is there something at the top you got of the something shoot the that can slide down? <laughs> you want to um, fire a few rounds? You want to? No, it's funny because this is charge an explosive. <laughs> God, you want to? <laughs> there is an Akewood comic that ends with. Uh... <laughs> it's it's one of the best early arcs. Where it's apologies if you don't read the web comic Akewood. Um... But Chris Onstad, he's a he's he's, he's a, a Portland guy, right? Yeah. Right, this is on topic. Randomly somehow. bring him here. Let's get him down That'd here. Be... Yeah. Oh, and our guest who's been sitting here without talking <laughs> for the last hour, Chris, Chris Onstad. Onstad. Thanks. Welcome to the show. No, just kidding. Um, I I don't know. It's Ray. There's two characters, Ray and Roast Beef, and Ray is on a bender, and he they stay in a hotel, and Ray shits the bed, and they decide they can't let anyone find it, and so they wrap up the. This is, to the best of my recollection, they wrap up the sheet and take it out, and they're like, we have to throw this out in the forest somewhere or whatever. And he's like, we got to, you know, we can throw it in the forest and put a bullet in it or something. <laughs> and he's like, we can't do that. What if they identify me from the DNA? And uh, Roast Beef, this is the only part I remember specifically, is Roast Beef says, a turd with a bullet in it ain't exactly five o'clock news, Ray. <laughs> and I think of that every time I think of the crapshoot, because it's literally, he uses the phrase, a turd with a bullet in it. So there we go. So now try and shake that from your mind whenever you talk about this podcast. Uh, you know, I don't know. I might just keep it. I kind of like that. Oh, good. I, I mean, I was addressing that. the listener who probably oh, okay. presumably <laughs> won't like it. I don't know. Maybe not. But it, no, what I did have in the chamber was uh, a callback all the way. Uh, I, I, I like questions about outer space because I like that my brain gets bent a little bit when I start to think about the physics once we leave this uh, earthly uh, realm. Sure. Whatever. Let's just keep keep rolling. And it, and it was um, <laughs> keep trying. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, a planet, if I'm correct, is a celestial body that orbits over a certain size that orbits a, sun, a, a star. That sounds about right. Right. And a moon is a celestial body that orbits a planet. Sure. Is there such a thing as something that orbits a moon? A moon moon. Yeah, a submoon. Sub-moon? I don't know. That's a that's. I mean, I guess there's two questions: Is a is this something that actually can exist, or gonna, is there some like gravitational dynamic that keeps that from happening? We're going to do a little bit of live googling, and I'm going to just type in the words: What is the moon of a moon? There we go. Um, I should give my partner credit for this because it's it's something that she kind of brought up, and I was like, I actually have never even pictured that. But it seems there's no reason you couldn't have that, right? Because there's suns, I not. Mi- there's yeah, stars many, many times bigger than our sun, and there's planets many, many times bigger than any planet in our system. And so that, hence there's moons many times bigger than any planet we can think 
of being familiar with, probably, right? So those would have the gravitational <laughs> There's pull nothing to... more non-committal of an answer than me silently giving you a, I don't know, look. <laughs> like, I don't even have to go on the record as not knowing. I'm just going to look at you like, <laughs> Right, but that line of reasoning makes sense, sure, right? Yeah, Is yeah. That there, I, I see no reason there couldn't be a moon of a moon. out there bigger than what we think of as planets that have moons, so they could then have orbiting sure. bodies. sure. By the way, the answer Google has to what is the moon of a moon... Can I guess? It's moons all the way down. You just keep calling it a moon. Everything below planet is moon automatically. No, the, the answer is the moon is a harsh mistress on Wikipedia. Oh. Followed by the moon, a propaganda hoax from the mad revisionist. <laughs> which is like the oh, onion yeah, effect. Yeah, I can't tell if that's a crazy person or a humor column right. or what. Uh, Here's another... Just to fill while you're typing... Um, because all I can think of is funny things people have said on Metafilter. Um, there's an Ask Metafilter thread where someone was, eh, they were, I think they were asking about proper usage of a certain term or something. And one of the answers was, well, I Googled both versions of that phrase, and this one has this many results, and this one has that many results, therefore that one is correct, right? And the immediate next comment was, um, someone... Somebody Googled these three phrases with quotes around them. Uh, I am a receptionist, you know, 140,000 results. Uh, I am a, you know, purchasing manager, you know, 90,000 results. I am a dragon, 200 million <laughs> results. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't find a good answer to the moon. I'll have to try harder. Um but, uh, well, that's good that it's not trivially Googleable. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm really uh, glad that there wasn't like an answer there. I would have uh, felt dumb for asking it probably if if I could have just typed it in. Apparently, there's literally a meme in the car on the way here. I could have found the answer. Called Moom Moom. It's some sort of wolf character or something. I think it's a dumb wolf named Moon Moon. But I was I was led astray by the Google autocomplete where I typed what is the moon or what is a moon and it wanted to complete as what is a Moon Moon meme and I was mm. like. The question of what a moon's moon moon is is so pervasive that there's a meme, and now we're just now getting. And I felt like, oh man, we are so fucking behind the times. But no, apparently, moon moon is an unrelated thing that is probably terrible once you look it up. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel like that's a good stopping point. Yeah, sure. Now we have a question to chew yes, on. Yeah, we'll have to. It's, if you know anything how about how long has it been? How long have we been talking for? Uh, we're, we're at about an hour. Oh my god, it's been so long. It's. it's I, I always think we're just getting started when we're totally. Well, and I feel like so I feel like for once, like as penance for like going over two and a half mm-hmm. hours last time, let's keep this one nice and taut. Yeah, I did have um, some other stuff. But I'm happy to put that off. Um, we won't be recording for a little bit because I'm going to be in DC right and New York here. for yeah. about a week and a half. Big traveling man going to East Coast. I never so travel, so this is going to be a very bizarre experience for me. But um, I'm excited. Is this is this for work or is this just going? Purely, it's my it's my first vacation since I took this new role in my job, and I finally, you know, about for about uh, close to a year, I'm just finally like, okay, things are established <laughs> enough that I can step away for a little bit of time. And of course, in the meantime, I've uh, accumulated a ton of paid time off. I, you yeah. know, I'm never going to be able to use. Um, but no, it's a. It was a, um, going to see Hedwig and the Angry Inch with Neil Patrick Harris. Nice. Hedwig in New York City was my uh, Christmas present to my partner. Um, she got me, I should say, uh, an incredible uh, Ollie Moss print. Do you know Ollie Moss? No. It's an incredible uh, designer artist. Uh, she got me an Ollie Moss original. That's a 
kind of inver- inversion of the Adventure Time uh, title screen. It's kind of nice. Uh, it's, and it's beautiful. It's hanging on my wall, and it's extremely treasured. I love it. Um, but uh, no, anyway. So yeah, that was a, that was a Christmas present. So I'm like, hey, here, here's here's the tickets. But um, get you know. So here's your Christmas present. How the fuck are we gonna do? That? I hope you have a lot of money because <laughs> I don't know how the fuck we're gonna get there to the show. <laughs> we're gonna have to start saving now, and you know, do, sorry, cancel any plans you might have or anything. Because all I bought was the tickets, and I have no idea what where we go from there. So here we go. Um, but, uh, no, it's, it's really come together and it's turned into a, a bigger trip. I'm really excited about it. That is so awesome. That's really exciting. I, uh, I love Hedwig. We should that like next time we record, maybe we should just talk, you know, ne- that's going to be an episode of your podcast when it comes back mm. in the cut. We'll do a fucking Hedwig episode. Yeah, sure. I love that film. I've, I've never seen a stage production of it. I'd love to see it sometime. Right. Uh, uh, and my, my partner knows a lot more about the history of it cause she's a, she's a huge fan. Um, but it started as a stage play which you know you can kind of tell from watching the movie because it's so kind of character yeah. and conversation driven and the songs of course too yeah. work really well on stage i presume um but even before that i think that it was a character that um that guy had yeah created. john Cameron mitchell yeah. was doing it basically with his boyfriend's band at sort of drag review karaoke type nights mm-hmm. uh and they were just like sort of developing the material in bits and pieces and they would show up and and do this thing which uh, is great because it wasn't written as a plot; it was written as a character who had a backstory. And so, yeah. when the, when he would go up and perform that character, that backstory was there and would come out naturalistically in the performance, or be based on Q and A with the audience, or other things I'm not as, as familiar with. But um, yeah, which is awesome. I mean, that's why how you get an incredibly fleshed out, interesting character like yeah. that. Well, that's super fucking awesome. Yeah, that I'm excited. Really Yay! So yeah, it'll probably be I guess a couple weeks. Um, I don't know when you take off and how long you're gone. So. Uh, mid, let's see here. Yeah, uh, Wednesday. So about, I think a week from today I'm going to be wheels up okay. on my way to uh, D.C. And then we're going to take a train to New York and then flying back around New York. Well, we'll get together after you're back. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll, we'll have a show. Yeah, don't have any thoughts or conversations yeah, no, without I me, will, okay? I will, I will exist in a, a, a vacuum, <laughs> a state of suspended animation. Uh, all thoughts will crystallize and become like a a, a slow flowing sap on the walls of existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's all I ask. I feel like I'm lapsing into that character from that children's show with Cthulhu we did at the mm-hmm. start of the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was good. That was a good time. Sammy Sparkles. Yeah. yeah, Sammy Sparkles. Good old yeah. Sammy Sparkles. <laughs> Well, right. That is Thanks. Super it was a exciting. pleasure. It was a pleasure. Uh, you know, we haven't done this in a little while. And I yeah, guess we no, won't yeah. again for a little while. But yeah, but um, uh, it's, it's nice to get back to it. And it's we'll, good to have you back uh, creatively in the saddle yeah, again. It's I'm good feeling, to have you. I'm feeling not good. feeling sick anymore. Yeah, being sick for a week has really made me feel a lot better about uh, just getting small creative projects that I like done. Because you know, it's a whole lot better than being <laughs> sick. Just. Working on creative projects. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a pretty good, it's a nice reminder that, uh, you know, one day I'll be dead and I'd like to do more of this kind of thing before that happens. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that's it. Uh, check us out on uh, iTunes. Give us a review and I'll eventually sing about it. Maybe mm-hmm. even next episode. Maybe yeah. I'll write some songs while Jesse's in New York. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yell at us on Twitter if you like. We're very conversant people. I uh, think so, yeah. We, we, yeah, we if you just to go type. to the, the crapshoot.net, we, we, I think we have yeah. all our outbound links to – we have an un, undersubscribed Facebook just, page yeah, and just, Twitter feed. Just, and just totally find us on social media. You yeah. know, bother us. 
you know, just fucking molestus. take care of it. Okay, Come on, you, you can, can find it. shit. You know get, how to use the excited. damn internet. Get active. Make it. Make make Don't make, make us yourself do all the work. Yeah. I'm not gonna fucking tell you our Twitter handle. It's we gonna just, take you one second to figure out. We just that talked out. for like upwards of an hour. Yeah. For you, it's time for you to turn around and be vaguely uh, discursive on the internet. I want everyone hearing this to spend at least an hour on your response to this episode. Well, two minutes. Two minutes would be okay. We'll take two minutes. At least two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. I feel like that's good. One one and a half. Yes. Right. Yeah. Poke something. Just, you know, Google. Ten seconds of Googling. Yeah. The, the Crapshoot Podcast. And, uh... <laughs> And I think, I think, I think just turn on your computer. That's all I'm asking. Please, please, please actually be listening to this. Don't (laughs) let this be the figment of some fever dream dream. Fever dream. Mm -hmm. Fever dean. Don't Mm -hmm. let this be the figment of a fever Paula Dean. That's all I ask. Just don't beat Paula Dean with a fever. That's literally all we're asking. If you can manage that, we're happy. We're happy. I'm happy. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Oh.